In this Infinite Escape Room episode, the gang has just escaped from the smuggler's tunnel beneath the Temple of Mood. If you've not yet listened to that episode, be warned, there are spoilers ahead. Here we retire to the back rooms of the Merry Monk, where we discuss coffee beers, power tool cheerleaders, and we have a chat with Gordon Liz from Escape Room Review Blog, Review the Room. Okay, so here we are sitting in the backroom speakeasy behind the Merry Monk pub, where entry requires you to wear a plain robe and nothing else. Taking a quick break after our escape from the beer smuggler's tunnel beneath the temple to have a drink and a chat about the room, what we just did. Uh, but first, it's my round. So who's drinking what? I, I'm Aladam. I am drinking Sublime Lime Coke. Sublime Lime Coke? Sublime Lime Coke. What is, what is sublime? Is that... A beery thing, or is it? it? It's it's a word on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a boozy lime coke or a soft lime coke? It is a so- it is a soft lime coke. Ah, you deceived me. I assumed that that was some sort of cocktail. No, genuinely, it is what I'm reading off the bottle now. It says sublime lime or diet coke. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> False advertising on it. I know. <laughs> how is it? What? I, I'm not a big fan of the citrus uh, drinks, but how was that? I'm trying to replicate. Our childhood when you could buy lemon coke and that was amazing lemon oh, coke. i love lemon coke oh god but they don't make it anymore or at least i can't find it so i found lime coke and i thought it's going to be the nearest substitute and i'm enjoying it i'm liz and i am drinking bloody bring it on Ooh, what's that it is a limited edition beer by uh siren craft brew um, it was made I'll actually read you the back of the can here. A very limited edition can to celebrate the release of Power Tool Cheerleaders versus the boy band of the Screeching Dead. Our beer is the ideal refreshment next time you run into a screeching gang of zombies. Slightly tart, full of fruit, and dangerously drinkable. It pours bloody pink, and it tastes bloody delicious. Hmm, Power Tool Cheerleaders versus the boy band of the Screeching Dead. That sounds familiar. I wonder why that sounds so familiar to me. I, I, I couldn't think why. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get into it later. <laughs> I'm Gordon, and or Gordon, and I'm drinking Santo by Siren, um, because Liz seems to buy their stuff in bulk. So it was the first beer I grabbed from the fridge. It is also delicious. I still haven't tried any Siren Brewery stuff because uh, when um, when Deadlocked did the Seifstress for the collaboration with Siren, like that was in my brain. I was like, it, this sounds delicious, but it's very far away and I can't get my hands on it because they don't sell it where I live. So what they sell it online. Yeah, they ship it. Mm. Oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get into the business of buying beer on the internet. That's a slippery slope for me. The labels <laughs> are all like ribbed for your pleasure. So they're really nice to hold. They have ribbed <laughs> labels. Yeah, they, they're very nice labels. They're very fancy. Probably textured is the word, but uh. <laughs> nope. I'll have to hold you to your first answer. There, <laughs> <laughs> so you can find them in supermarkets as well. Usually under cover of darkness, wearing a trench coat and dark glasses, just in case they get awkward questions. <laughs> <laughs> Buying the ribbed beer again, sir. I think. <laughs> you know it. And I'm Jamie, and I'm drinking a Belgian-made beer triple traditionnel from the finest back. Uh, shelf of Aldi, which is in a huge bottle, uh, a flippy stop cap, which is very posh. And yes, I did deliberately go out today to buy a Belgian beer for the theme of the episode. Dedication. But it is it is nice. Uh, it is a lot. Um, so I'm going to have to go for a lie down after this. But yeah, those, <laughs> it is those monks do know how to brew their beer. 
Uh, before we uh, go into the next part of the episode, a little spoiler warning for you listeners. We will be talking about The Room, what we just did from last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to it, please pause this right now. Go listen to that episode first so you know what the hell we're talking about. And then come back. We'll wait. Oh, no, not really. Right, so <laughs> last week... Uh, our puzzlers did a fantastic job at, es- at escaping the beer-brewing monks smugglers tunnel uh, beneath the temple with the assistance of their robotic friend Merv, lots of different flavor beers, uh, two naked dead monks, and uh, a conveniently placed mouse hole. And you did it with like 10 minutes to spare. So congrats, you absolutely smashed it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, it's always a-, a challenge to try and find the right balance of too easy or fuck I've left something out and they just won't get it those those are the levels just too easy or fuck (laughs) my experience in doing puzzles for for infinite escape room yes that's been that's been been how it's gone no middle ground initially this was uh, a puzzle designed to be all about chocolate uh, because it was going to the segue was going to be into leading into Belgium I thought ah Belgium Chocolates, great. So all the different flavors on the walls that you ended up constructing, coffee, mint, cherry, chili, those are all flavors of chocolates. And it was only at the very end, because initially I wanted, okay, monks, chocolates, Caldy Island uh, in West Wales, monks create chocolate, great. Do they do that in Belgium? Can you get Belgian-made chocolates that are done by monks? So I Googled it, and the answer was probably not. But what's more famous is Belgian monk-brewed beer. Like, ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> what did I think of that? So I very quickly pivoted <laughs> from chocolate to beer, which is where you get those weird flavors of beer, of beer that are in the, the episode. It works, it works. I've had a coffee-flavored beer. Ooh, how was that? Not great. I, I it was a them. stout, and I'm not a stout fan. It, it was drinkable, but I... I probably wouldn't drink it again. Uh, there are certain flavors that work in beers, but like anything that usually requires milk as well to go with it doesn't. It's like just putting a block of cheese in your lager. That doesn't that doesn't sound appetizing. Oh, do you like cheese? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think everything that was in that room, like you, didn't really have any hang-ups at all. You it flowed really well. No, it it made sense. Yeah, it was quite natural, wasn't it? Yeah, we've played Jamie puzzles before, so we. We have an idea of how his mind thinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're either very easy or the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know my style. You know my style. What can you do? <laughs> I think the minute there's maths involved, my brain just goes, nope. <laughs> so I was quite grateful there was no maths involved. Yeah, that, that little jet of, uh, of tepid, acrid water. Um, that was a last minute addition when I constructed the whole puzzle. I went, oh shit, they could just say, I drink the beer. What does it taste like? Ah, and damn it. And I can't just go, that tastes like mint. And they go, oh, shit. Right. You need to give him some sort of COVID esque thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, because that was what he wanted to do was taste the bit. <laughs> yeah, it was also a bit of a gamble as to whether you'd pick, if you picked, like, drank that Rochefort one first, the shrinking one. I didn't really have a backup for what was supposed to happen if you drank that without like doing the rest of the puzzle. Uh, so I'm glad that that didn't happen, otherwise it would have been up shit creek a little bit. <laughs> oh, you tried to put it in your mouth, but oh, you spill it because you sneeze. <laughs> you put it in one bottle left, use it wisely. <laughs> you never said there was a limit on the bottles. I thought there was just an infinite amount. Yeah, they were coming off the conveyor belt. Uh, yeah, I would have stopped it at some point. <laughs> this is all, this is peeking behind the curtain now. This is all the, the magic of the theatre of the mind. I can suddenly go, oh, there's actually two. Well, I did debate wonder asking how many bottles are there. And I was like, no, there's a conveyor belt. If there was a finite limit, you would have specified. Uh, I know for next time. 
<laughs> Never give Ali an infinite number of anything. Could I have broken the puzzle? I think, it, yeah, if you'd accidentally drank the correct beer early, that would have that would have done it. I think I tried to make it fairly tamper-proof, to, <laughs> to, oh. to be honest, uh, as much as I could, because, you know... I know, I know that you'll uh, you'll you'll try you'll try your best to see if you can find I a didn't. way. I was very good. <laughs> you did. I mean, I'm impressed. I admire your uh, resistance. Yeah, you could have tried. Yeah, you could have Ant Man Thanos the monk, <laughs> or okay. used him like used him like a meat puppet and been like, "Hey guys, everything's okay. These guys are cool. Don't come down here." And then you just give yourself an infinite amount of time. Well, I had some. I had a similar thought along those lines, and I thought, do you know what? Though there's probably a massive pool of blood from where he landed, and that would kind of give it away. That's fair. I didn't want to go too too graphic with the description, but that's probably how it would have it would have played out if you tried to like move him any further. And uh, yeah, grabbing the uh, wanting to put him in the conveyor belt and. <laughs> chewing him up in the machine that would have broken the puzzle because then you wouldn't have had a finger to unlock the machine um so that would have been interesting i would have had to you know as, as the rest of his body's turned to mush oh a finger flies out of the machine and pings against the nearby wall maybe it's just my dark mind but i thought well if there's blood maybe that needs to go in the font i mean it, it fits any kind of religious ceremony does require a little bit of blood, you know. Yeah, the different beers that you had in that uh, in that puzzle as well; those are all uh, Belgian-made monk beers: the Chimay, Westmal, Rochefort, Oval, and Achel. Uh, apart from well, Achel is no longer considered a a monk-made beer because the last monk was in the monastery. He fucked off. Um, they still make the beer, but they can't class it as a monk beer anymore because. It's just normal dudes in suits making it. What if they get the bowl cut and the habit? I mean, if you dress up like a monk, you could probably swing it, you know? No one's going to ask you to show your monk credentials, mainly because you haven't got any pockets so, to store things. So if they just change as they go into work and come into work dressed in the dressed in the spirit of it? Dress, dress for the drug you want, isn't it? I'm sure the monks themselves would probably object to that. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, isn't that's the, um, that's the whole plot of Sister Act, isn't it? Just infiltrating a holy place by dressing up and acting the part. So what you said, what you're saying is, I should have had Whoopi Goldberg in this uh, this, this puzzle. You did everything in the right order as well. You, I think, well, you you looked at the door last of all, which did surprise me. Um, that your means of escape was the very last thing on your mind. I mean, there was booze there. We were fine. Yeah, yeah you it did distract you somewhat with the uh, the Kobe Samantha. Because of a good old fight with some monks, to be all right. <laughs> so this is going to happen. They don't have got any weapons, have they? They're naked. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so I believe that's the bell for last orders. So before we uh, take off into the good night, uh, welcoming our guest, Gordon Liz, from Review the Room once again. Thank you very much for coming on this puzzle. Uh, just in case the folks don't know, and they've not listened to the previous episode, because I don't know why they would do that, uh, but in case they haven't, can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourselves and Review the Room? Yes, so uh, about us, we are really boring people. Um, I imported Liz from America many years ago and it cost me a small fortune. Um, So now we live in Southwest UK, England, I guess we should say, Southwest England. And we started Review the Room in 2019, just for shits and giggles, really. Um, And it's kind of grown into a bit of a monster, especially when lockdown happened and we turned to reviewing online escape rooms and our stats and all about the analytics just went crazy. Um, so I'm going to say we're world famous now because people know us around the world, um, mostly friends, but that's not the point. And, um, we travel the world, uh, kind of playing escape rooms. We've done just over 400 regular escape rooms, 
and nearly 300 online or play at home experiences. I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with the world famous status. I mean, you've been on, on Radio 1. And What? Uh, yes, we've been on, well, I was on Radio 1 and yeah. you were on BBC Radio Somerset. And Nottingham. And Radio Nottingham as well. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're working our way around the BBCs. We are. This is good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're uh, frequent collaborators with uh, Deadlock, Darlings, James and Charlie, but not in the escape room world. No. <laughs> yeah. James and Charlie cast me in my first film, which is uh, Power Tool Cheerleaders versus the boy band of the Screeching Dead. Um, so yes, my face is actually on the can of beer that I'm drinking. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> there are no fluids from any of the cheerleaders in the can that we know of. Just to no, just to clarify that. I mean, depending on the audience, I'll just rack the price up. I was just thinking yeah, that yeah. as I was saying it. Yeah, that can the, be market. Though. There's always a niche. There's always a niche. Cheerleader juice. What is the uh, the the basic premise for that for that film? Uh, the basic premise is that uh, a group of amateur cheerleaders have uh, entered a, a competition similar to, to Britain's Got Talent, but much shitter, and um, accidentally curse their rival act and nearly destroy... Well, you'll have to, you'll have to see what happens, but um, there are power tools involved and, and zombie creature things and a whole lot of gore. Songs. And songs. It's a musical. It is a, a horror comedy musical. I mean, those, those three words are beautiful together. I know, right? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, when the Kickstarter came about, I was, yeah, couldn't hit the back button fast enough. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's, it's done really well in like the awards, isn't it? Yeah, we, uh, we won Best Score at um, the Birmingham International Film Festival. Um, don't know about any other awards, but it's generally been quite well received by by the people who've seen it. I think we're still making a few uh, rounds about um, the festival circuit, but hopefully it'll be released for the general public soon. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. So what is your escape room origin story? What was the first experience that you had with a thing that led you to go, oh shit, this is amazing. I want to do this all the time. We played an escape. We got invited to an escape room with uh, a couple of friends who had played a few. And we didn't know much about it, but we thought we'd go along. So we went and we played Secret Studio in London. That was our first ever escape room. And it was wonderful, but we weren't hooked. We enjoyed it. Hmm. But it was probably, what, a few weeks, months until we played another one? I think it was a few months <laughs> until we played another one. And that one did not go well. There, was, were, there it, was errors. It was broken. <laughs> it was broken. Oh, dear. And, and poorly handled. We did not like it. And I think it was six months after that one when we finally gave them another go. Um, and then we we're like, actually, this is really good fun. <laughs> uh, we would only play as a as a team of four or five normally, so we'd have to wait for them. And then one day we're like, you know what, let's try it as a team of two. So we played at um, Clue Adventures in London where they have games dedicated for two players only. And it did not end in divorce. Or, or murder. Or murder or stabbing. And we're like, okay, let's do this. And now it's been just a slippery slope to death ever since. <laughs> yep. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, so what, what is your escape room body count? Because I know everyone tallies up their, their rooms. We're, I mean, the exact number, I think, is 408-ish. Is that it? I don't know. I felt like it was 430, but <laughs> no, I, it's not my, my brain is broken. It's about 400 and something of in-life real rooms and then about 300 online play-at-home games. Jesus. That's a, like I said, that's yes. incredible. 
That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> so yeah. that's a heck of a lot. <laughs> so imagine when you go to an escape room and the the GM's there going, "Hey guys, uh, any of you played an escape room before?" And you're just like, "No, oh, a few, a few." That's pretty much what we do. Once I accidentally went eh, three or four hundred, <laughs> <laughs> this seems shaking a little bit. Oh no, we got pros in. As soon as you say that, there's suddenly this expectation. Oh, you're going to be amazing. You'll do fine. And, and sometimes we are absolutely diabolical. And we crash yeah. and burn. So <laughs> it depends how they word it. If they, have you played an escape room before? Yes. Or if they say how many, we'll tell them how many. But normally we just, we like to pretend like we're not played very many. So if we're shit, it's, oh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> as, yeah. as I often tell folk, never mistake experience for expertise. Exactly. Yes. That should be definitely not. Really we still pra- practice does not make perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what what is it about escape rooms uh that just keeps you coming back? For me, I think it's the um the ability to kind of leave the outside world behind. Um it's why when I play a game, I'm really looking for something that will immerse me in the surroundings, whether is that's with a really gripping story or fantastic puzzles where they all flow and they're they're not necessarily easy, but they're logical and they're fair. And I'm absorbed in the puzzle solving or whether it's a combination of all of it. The ones that combine all of it are the the really fantastic ones. But anything that lets me just forget about all of the crap going on out outside in my real life for an hour, that's what it is for me. So it's an escape, but not out. It's an escape in. Exactly. I like it. What about you, God? To be honest, that's, it, it sounds cliche, but it's exactly that. It's the escape. It's the escape from the real world that for that 60 minutes or 24 minutes, if you could, you know. Um, <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> how, many rec- how many records have you set? <laughs> we, we gave up counting a while ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, for that 60 minutes, you can just escape the world and all of your troubles, whatever they might be, you just forget about them. You focus on the task ahead in, uh, ahead of you. And it's just, it's a wonderful way to spend an hour I or actually, more. I love locking my phone in a locker. I mm. love it. It gets really annoying when they're like, oh, you should have used your phone for a torch. Oh, God, yeah. Should have put a torch in here because I lock my phone in the locker. Immerse me. Exactly. Yeah. It's an Aztec temple. It's meant to be 1543. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my phone's Exactly. There'd be no yeah, signal. I've come in dressed as a Spanish conquistador specifically for this room. How dare you? <laughs> I really could imagine you doing that. It, it's a very bad habit that I have that if I see any item of clothing or costume in an escape room, I am the first person to wear that thing, even if it's integral <laughs> to the puzzle, which has really bitten me in the ass on several occasions. <laughs> 30 minutes scrambling to find the first clue, going, this room is absolute shit. And then the GM goes... <laughs> Take off the hat. (laughs) It's my fault. Okay. (laughs) I really want to ask you what your favorite room is. Do you have one? You don't have to answer. I think we probably do. And I think it's going to be the same one. Oh, okay. Interesting. Or maybe not. No, maybe. Well, I can say what mine. Yes, you say yours. Mine is, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of horror escape rooms because... I mean, they don't really. I'm gonna, not going to say they don't scare me because that's because <laughs> then someone's going to make me shit myself in my next play on. Yeah. But they, they, they don't really affect me like other people, I guess. I don't buy into it too much. But we played Chapel and Catacombs in Athens by Lockhill, and it's it's recently been rated number one in the world on the Topeka Awards, and it was just a bonkers experience. It was huge, huge location, 
I've no idea how many live actors were in there, but every time you turned a bloody corner, there was someone there. Jesus. And it was, it was just an incredible and just so much fun the whole way through. Um, so that's probably my favorite in general in the world. And I'm just going to keep talking now. Um, but in the UK, I, I think my, probably my favorite in the UK would probably be uh, Wunderwaffe Project Quartz by uh, Escapement in Quartzstairs. Uh, um, just next level stuff. It was incredible. I've heard so many good things about Escapement. Yeah, you need to one, get down. one day when, I, when I'm able to breach the M4 and the, and the Prince of Wales Bridge into in, <laughs> into the land outside of Wales, then I will make my way east. There's a land outside Appa- of Wales. Apparently, why well, didn't want to leave Wales? <laughs> There's more escape rooms there, Alan. There's not that many in Wales. I've tried looking well, for them. Or or is Wales as a country an escape? I mean, room? that's a good point. And the fact mm. you used to have to pay to get back in kind of said it already, didn't it? But, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Liz, what's your favorite? Um, actually, I I love both of the games that Gordon mentioned. I absolutely love them. They are absolutely fantastic. But but I actually preferred Lock Hill's uh, third game, which was the Sanatorium on Midnight mm. Mode. Mm. I have never been so terrified in my life. I I actually noped out a window to get away from something chasing me <laughs> and ran around a courtyard because I I, I didn't want to do it. And that was the best thing about that room. Before we even went in, we were our game got delayed. We had to wait in the waiting room because a team before us, someone had buggered up their leg trying to run away from something and just <laughs> so, this sets the tone really well. Yeah. And again, in the UK, absolutely love courts, but um Atlantis by the escapement was my preferred um same venue. Yeah, same venue, same company. So to Two excellent games. And on the flip side then, so if, say, one of our listeners decided to come to the UK specifically for an escape room jolly, uh, which part of the UK would you point them towards? Is it London or is there somewhere outside of London that's like the hot escape scene as far as you're concerned? There are good games in London, um, Mm. but as an escape room destination, I don't think London is that. Um, I think Kent has got a ridiculous amount of great games. Um, but then you'd have to be willing to, to drive or catch the trains between all of the various towns that house these great games. <laughs> um, if you're looking for just a UK city with a number of excellent games, probably Nottingham. Mm. Yeah, Nottingham. Reading also has got, yeah, Reading's got a... But Nottingham a seems to have companies. a very large concentration of top quality games and more which are being produced. I know there's Judges Emporium, which we've been waiting mm. for for a long time by the people behind Cave Escape. And that's a very exciting game, I'm sure. Love it. Have you have either of you been tempted to to breach the divide and go from escape room players into makers, puzzle creators, sort of going into that design aspect? Liz actually made me a, a birthday escape room a it's, couple of years ago. I did you a Christmas one too. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, it was memorable. <laughs> um, um, like all well, like most Christmas games, it was absolutely shy. Yeah, I can't remember it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Liz has made those, but I, I mean, we've talked about it. We've got a somewhere around here. We've got a little notebook where I jot down puzzle ideas and stuff. But I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen like Amy from um, Wirral Escape Room. She started off as an enthusiast, and then she started a blog, bit of a, an escape habit, and then she started her own company, Wirral Escape Rooms, and she's done a great game. And I, I think her story is fascinating. But I don't know. I think. Unless I could make it world class, I would feel like it was just not worth doing. And and 
I don't think I could do it justice. And I mean, you like you, Jamie, coming up with this infinite escape room puzzle stuff today. I don't know where the hell your brain is. I don't know how you think of this stuff. It's Mm-mm. it's crazy. So I don't have that creative streak to do this. I could probably make shit, but to come up with the ideas because I'm terrible at story. Um, <laughs> I I seem to just discount story as soon as we get. <laughs> Uh, I like the idea, but uh, I don't see it happening anytime soon. No. Okay, so like, if you're in the escape room and the GM's like, the year is 1472. And you're like, just yeah, 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 yeah. Rifle into the drawers already. Just get to the, get to the fucking end. Start the timer. Come on. <laughs> I hear the key point. So 1472. Right. That could be a code song. So I take that. <laughs> and then we we'll get to the end of the game and Liz will say, oh, so this was this, this and this. I was like, I didn't see any of that. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 focus. we played a game in um, in Athens, and it was a very much a horror game. And there was we were with James and Charlie from Deadlocked on that one. And there was Liz, James, Charlie, and myself all hunkering together. And I was trying to get something down from a ceiling to to solve a puzzle. And they're all screaming around me like, "Shut up! I'm just trying to get this down." And apparently, there was some crazy shit going on behind me. It was absolutely <laughs> which we've never seen before, and I still haven't. Because I was just focused on the puzzle and I missed everything behind me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at story. I'm convinced that room was actually haunted. She wasn't a real person. She she was possessed. Bonkers. <laughs> it was basically a room based on um, The Exorcist. So everything you see in the movie oh, wow. basically happened in the escape. Oh, wow. Like all the crazy shit. All the crazy shit. Oh, uh, damn. I'm thinking of some pretty crazy, pretty crazy shit. Yeah, it got I, very awkward when she was on the bed doing it. I was going to say, <laughs> is this a puzzle? <laughs> yeah, we, we missed out on the pea green vomit. But other than that, all the crazy Oh, shit. God, let me just mm. borrow that. Let me just borrow that cross for a second. You don't <laughs> stop. Yeah. That's a health and safety risk. Is there, having done so many escape rooms, is there one theme that you see being reused time and time again that really doesn't seem to work? whether it's an aspect or a puzzle or a logic find, like a part of the escape room, that every time you see a killer, you go, oh, not this again. See, I thought you were going a different way with that question. I thought you were going to say a theme you don't like, but mm, I mean, a puzzle type that I hate are those fucking slidey puzzles. Oh, you know, God, you yeah. like a three-by-three grid and you've got a... And we did a game in... I'm not going to say where it was. We did a game in the UK, in the South UK, and they had a slidey puzzle. And Liz spent 25 minutes on that puzzle while I solved everything else in the room. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I I was not a fan. Yeah, so those slidey puzzles, we see those and they can disappear. I would argue Uh, that they're not a puzzle. No, they're just annoyance. And anything that sort of makes my brain work like that, like when you see tangrams Mm. or something like that, my brain doesn't compute how to, to put this together. But on the flip side of that, just to answer my own question I'm creating, we played another room. And it, it arguably had magic in it. Um, I later found out it's just science, but it was wonderful. Something called a Pythagoras cup. Oh, oh yeah. Thing. Those things mm-hmm. don't understand it. Incredible. It was add more water to get rid of the water. So cool. The fact that someone used that yeah. in an escape room, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty clever. It was really cool. And I, I did at the time, I didn't know how it worked. And to be honest, I only found out Reddit the other day. But up until that point, I was convinced it was magic. <laughs> What's the difference in the end? You know, that's true. Reddit, I suppose, is the difference because you get some, Reddit, some smart ass yeah. going, I'm actually, it's science. <laughs> <laughs> I can prove it. With the experience that you've had, for you, what makes the difference between a good room and an amazing room? 
I think it's just, it's like Liz touched upon earlier. It's the, the immersion. So it's taking everything to make you feel immersed. So if you're in a game and, oh, it's, uh, I guess we'll go back to Jamie's world. You're in a, an Egyptian tomb. And yeah, the sand on the floor, you found a nice hat to wear. And then, oh, shit, I'm a bit stuck on this puzzle. And I say, like, okay, we'll just shout through the wall or, or we'll give you a walkie-talkie. But don't forget, you, you're a, a mummy. It's, it just ruins it. But when you go to somewhere and the puzzles feel like part of the theme and it's just part of the narrative and the, the clues coming in feel organic and just like they're mm. part of the experience. I love a puzzle that doesn't feel like a puzzle. Mm. I, I want to be Nicolas Cage. Who doesn't? Searching for the... <laughs> finding a map on the back of the, uh, the Declaration of Independence. That, that is what I want. I, I want it to feel like it's not a puzzle. And that's why we can't go back to Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Got to steal the decoration. Every time. Yeah. Bring yeah. the lemons. <laughs> oh, God, she's back. <laughs> this is why she was extradited in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, does that mean, God, does that mean that you're a sleeper agent for the CIA, just to distract her from the Declaration of Independence? Well, now your your infinite escape from podcast is going to get the fight. So well done, Jamie. Well done. You hear the We've no we're now a conspiracy <laughs> podcast. Uh, actually, speaking of national treasure, if you were given access to any IP you wanted to create an escape room, money, resources, etc., were no object. What uh, what pop culture thing would you want to create for for your own personal enjoyment as an escape room? I. Now, I know my answer is going to be probably very close to something that you would say, Jamie, because I think it's got to be the Goonies. Yes. <laughs> I think it's just, it's crying out for it. it it's, it's got everything. Um, so I think it's got to be the Goonies for me. We're no oh. best friends, you and I, Gordon. I think you already were, Jamie. Thank you. This has just cemented it. We're, oh, make, okay. we're making it official <laughs> on this podcast. Oh, okay. Love it. I have no idea. Goonies is a good answer. Goonies though. is a great answer, yeah. isn't it? I feel like you go for something like Scream. Like a horror Ooh. movie scream, you just have ghost face appear everywhere. I mean, I do love zombies, so a proper Resident Evil thing would be. Mm. Oh, that'd be horrifying. Yeah, yeah, I know some great big bugger coming after you, going stop. <laughs> Before we uh, leave the pubiverse, uh, where can folks find you online or on social media? So to reel them all off, we are on website uh, reviewtheroom.co.uk because some bugger took.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at review the room, uh, Instagram review the room.co.uk. Cause again, someone took review the room and on what one have I missed? Facebook, Facebook, where yeah. we are just review the room. Superb. We'll uh, put the links to all of those places in our show notes. Listeners, please go check them out and say hi to Gordon Liz and tell them that the infinite escape room sent you. We don't get any money from it, but we'll get kudos. And that's, that's better. Right, so I believe uh, it is time for us to vacate the pub of us. So we shall see you next time where we're escaping from whatever lies at the end of the tunnel, but everyone's really tiny now. <laughs> we love you lots, and we'll see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye. Bye. Ta-da. Ta-da.